Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for she has looked with favor on the lowliness of her servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is her name. Her mercy is for those who fear her from generation to generation. She has shown great strength with her arm. She has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. She has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. She has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. She has helped her servant Israel in remembrance of her mercy, according to the promise she made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. First Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Hannah prayed and said, My heart exults in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. There is no holy one like the Lord, no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who are full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who are hungry are fat with spoil. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low. He also exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillar of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might does one prevail. The Lord, his adversaries shall be shattered. The Most High will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this, The Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then he entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. 
and when he, had looked, when he looked around at everything, it had already become late. He went out to Bethany with the twelve. Good morning, and welcome to the fourth Wednesday of Advent, final Wednesday of Advent. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from North Yarmouth, Maine. This morning's readings come to us from Luke 1, 1 Samuel 2, and Mark 11. Uh, the Luke and Samuel readings, um, you can kind of tell how they were building up, or, or at least the story of Hannah. Hannah. We've been reading uh, the Magnificat and Luke for some time, but um, if it isn't, cl- if it hasn't been clear, it hopefully is now that it builds up to um, Hannah's prayer after she has um, lent her child to the Lord. And there's a lot of parallels uh, between Hannah's prayer and Mary's prayer. Um, it doesn't begin with uh, magnify its exalts. Um, so it's in Chippet, if you remember from the other day, uh, the first Latin or the the first word in Latin uh, typically takes its gives its, it gives it the title. Um, but there's a lot of similarities, and a lot of um, scholars have noticed that um, Mary's Magnificat is kind of a condensed version of Hannah's prayer, where um, Hannah, who uh, is in a Shoot, it's not a three-way marriage. I'm at a loss for words. But her husband um, has another wife that he doesn't love as much as Hannah, but who provides him sons and heirs. Um, And so Hannah has felt left out. And she's um, kind of referring indirectly to this other wife um, when she talks about uh, those uh, who will know more, talk very proudly, and who let arrogance, arrogance come from their mouth. Um, so there's both this immediate um, circumstance in which this is relevant, the unhappiness she feels at being unable or having been unable to um, bear a child uh, to make her happy and to make, you know, well, I don't know if, if her husband is, um, I, yeah, we don't know if her husband, you know, agrees with having this child and then dropping him off at the temple and leaving him for the Lord for his entire life. Um, but the, this immediate circumstance of being left out of the goodness of creation, of being able to bear children for someone you love, um, and to be able to say that you are a mother, uh, a parent, um, it's something that to this day people seek after to be parents. And speaking as a parent, it, it definitely changes. Um, I always thought it was just kind of cute, bantery, small-talk bullshit, um, but it does. I mean, you, I can't I can't watch, like, TV shows with violence or something, abuse of children without, like, getting teary-eyed, like, because I think of my children and, and how much that would hurt to know that that's happened to them. Um, and Mary and um, Hannah both, this is their first child. With Mary, she'll have others. Um, Catholic Church doesn't believe it's true, but Seems pretty friggin' clear by scripture. You know, James is Jesus's brother, and it's not a big deal. She doesn't have to be a virgin forever. But anyway, the Catholic Church does not believe that that's the case. Um, but with Hannah, uh, we don't have any evidence that she had children later. Samuel, and then she lent him to the Lord for his entire life. Um, and so there's this parallel 
uh, not only in what they say, but in their own circumstances. Um, Mary is concerned for her own lowliness. She isn't of high status. Um, she doesn't seem, she doesn't seek out children the same way Hannah de- does or Sarah did. Um, but there's something about um, being a mother that in Mary's story gets like upended because she's still young. Um, she's probably what you and I would think of as a virgin, but when we see virgin in the Bible, it means a young a young woman. Um, and the and, and it was just assumed that you know you didn't have sex until you were married. Whether that was the case or not was you know it's hard to tell. Um, but it's like today saying like you know, you know a, a young woman or or a girl or something. You know, you don't assume that they've had sex, but that's really not, that's really not the main reason. That's not the, the top thing in your head. Um, and Mary kind of upends this because she doesn't have, we don't ha- have any evidence that she had difficulty having kids. And to be a mother for her when she's unmarried is, in, you know, incredibly scandalous. Um, and so the, the motherhood aspect is almost turned on its head, not you know, it's not a perfect, you know, parallel, but there's something there with, you know, with Sarah and Hannah, they're married for a long time and they can't produce children or they haven't. Um, and that's, that is the, the root of their, you know, unease that they want to produce, um, children for their husbands. But with Mary, she's young, like she has her entire life ahead of her. There's no, you know, evidence that she's barren or anything. Um, and by becoming a mother before she is married, the motherhood thing becomes a scandal rather than a blessing, or it it will be seen that way. Um, and one of the, the things I, you know, one of the things that I, as a father and as a guy, really find, you know, provocative in the Bible is that Joseph, when he finds out that that she's pregnant, you know, unless he really believes, you know, hook, line, and sinker about the whole Holy Spirit thing, he knows, unless he believes otherwise, he has every reason to believe and would, you know, would know for, with certainty that she had been with another man. And But he trusts her. He, either that or, you know, I, I, I don't think it's another thing. I think he trusts her and loves her. And he says, okay, well, I'm not going to divorce you. I mean, that's, it's not a death sentence, but it's something like it. Uh, I'm not going to do that to you. Uh, we'll just, you know, get married quietly, and we'll kind of try and keep it on the down low. Um, and he clearly cares for her. You know, he, um, they all go to Bethlehem. His his uh, family's, um, you know, city, uh, where his ancestors are from, um, they all go together, and they stay together as a family. Uh, my guess is that he dies when Jesus is young, but I don't know why he doesn't appear. It's too, you know, I don't know. It's just unfortunate. Um, because I think the uh, the the possibilities theologically of like wrestling with being the son of God, but also having this adopted father, I think would be really really cool. But um, <clears throat> and then finally, the the reading from Mark um, is usually an Easter reading. This is when he makes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and it's this imitation of of the um, the imperial kind of announcement um, procession 
Um, but it's, I think we're reading it because it's a reminder that, that you know, this isn't just any t- child. It's, you know, the Christ child, the Messiah, the, the anointed one who will restore, you know, Israel to its, you know, prior glory. Um, and so he's an adult, and this is an Easter reading, but it also, this is one of the most um, central readings in identifying Jesus as as king. Um, he has this horse, and he's, he goes up uh, to the temple. Um, and in this one, in Mark, he actually goes up and finds that nobody's there, and so he goes back to Bethany with the twelve. And what's left out is that he goes there to start throwing the temple, the, the money changers, out. Um, we know this from the other gospels, the other synoptic gospels, um, that the the temple turning is right after he makes his entry. Um, he's kind of throwing mammon out of the temple and reclaiming it as God's own. Um, but here in Mark, he sees that um, it was already late, and so he goes he goes back because no one's there to witness what he plans to do. This kind of street theater, um, asserting his you know his sovereignty over over mammon first, and then also uh, the Roman imperial system. Um, this morning, um, I'm not going to transition to a prayer, um, uh, because I have a prayer request of my listeners. Um, oh, and I will be back tomorrow morning. Uh, I won't be here Christmas morning and then I'll be back whatever Friday is, Boxing Day in Canada. Um, so just a heads up on that. Um, but one thing that I'm doing when I'm not recording podcasts or watching kids, is frantically writing um, God is a Grunt. And the more I get into it, one of the things, and you've, if you've been following my social media, you'll notice I've been posting some exegetical stuff. Um, there were no soldiers when Jesus is arrested. There's no soldiers when Paul um, is on the road to Damascus, um, basically doing a pretty in-depth word study in the New Testament for soldiers and, and you know, governors and stuff like that. Um, but the more I try and sit down and write, the more uh, I'm aware of, uh, yeah, the, the timeline. It's a struggle to write this quickly, and I want it to be good. I want it to be meaningful. I don't want it to be rushed. I don't want it to appear rushed. Um, but there's a lot of work to do in a very short amount of time. And every now and then it feels overwhelming um, because I really don't want to rush it. Um, but the, I, I have an agreement with the publisher, and uh, if we rush it, we can get it out by uh, Veterans Day of 2021, which I do want to do. I don't want to wait another year, and I don't want to you know just kind of publish it randomly. Um, so I ask for your prayers in this task um, I have before me, and one that I hope will bear fruit for others, not not just for myself, um, because I really believe in it. Um, but there's a a an overwhelming amount of work uh, ahead of me for that for it to happen, and for it to happen well, as opposed to just kind of haphazardly. So pray for me for writing. Uh, pray that I find friends and others who are willing to. Um, provide commentary and feedback and 
um, not necessarily edits, but certainly like feedback. I think that's really important to my to my process. Um, but yeah, I, I ask for your prayers for me and for this this book that I'm writing. Um, and if you have any prayer requests, feel free to reach out to me on social or by email. I am loganamai.com or I am loganamai at gmail.com and let me know. I don't have to read them online. I don't have to read them. Uh, you know, I can make it anonymous. Um, but your prayers and, and concerns are are open. Uh, or this podcast is open to your prayers and concerns and requests of of the community and of of God. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.